Welcome everyone to On Podcast, the On Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. I'm your host, Kareem Anderson, and we do have a week of news. Uh, I'm going to start off with some of the bigger headlines uh, to kind of cover this week. Uh, some include uh, Microsoft appearance at Gamescom 2022, uh, hackers circumventing uh, Microsoft two-factor authentication, and uh, Microsoft getting back in the ads game and not in the way that you might be thinking. With that being said, let's get to the news of this week, August 26, 2022. To start off with some of the bigger headlines that kind of made news and waves across the industry, uh, it is Microsoft adding ads into Outlook for Android, iOS, and the web. Unfortunately, it looks like Microsoft is pursuing a path of putting ads into both their um, I think they had ads kind of drop into the other tab, which was supposed to filter out spam that wasn't being caught by other spam filters. Uh, things that were more sophisticated were being dropped into the other tab. It looks like Microsoft's going to start allowing, authorizing ads into the focus tab, which is your main tab, unfortunately. So uh, it seems like uh, news broke uh, with The Verge reporting on it, uh, I believe, on Monday, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that they are, you know, seeing users or users are at least complaining and bringing in information screenshots and the receipts showing that they are seeing ads. Uh, these ads are disguised as regular emails for the most part. Some ads are banner ads that can be uh, crossed out or ignored for the most part, but the other ones that are a little more nefarious that are coming up as actual emails with subject lines, uh, promoting Microsoft 365, ironically, even though you already have it, are showing up in the inbox. Uh, Microsoft is promoting this and saying that the only way to sort of get rid of these uh, in the future uh, will be to have a paid subscription to Microsoft 365 or Office 365. Uh, this follows suit, um, as we reported on last week, about Apple using its own first-party ads to kind of uh, proliferate its own advertising platform. Google has fortunately locked up the web for themselves, so uh, they can rely on the first-party apps like Maps and some other things to kind of uh, uh, extrapolate into those things. But Microsoft really only has Office um, and Outlook and Windows, and we've already seen them kind of add ads into Windows, so it looks like we're going to be seeing them adding ads into Outlook. Look, unfortunately, I don't know if this, I don't think it's being applied for the actual dedicated desktop app. So those of you who are desktop warriors, you may not see those just yet. I haven't seen them anecdotally, but be on the lookout. The other news uh, of the week is hackers uh, circumventing Microsoft multi-factor authentication. Um, they're doing so through a kind of a loophole in the fact that Microsoft uh, MFA and Azure Active Directory only uh, allows the first person to authorize it to set the parameters without any kind of uh, backup situations for uh, security measures. Specifically, through self-enrollment process for MFA, MFA in Azure Active Directory and other platforms, hackers are able to access Microsoft 365 and other accounts. Uh, this is because most platforms allow users to enroll their first MFA device at the next login, thus acting as a loophole. When organizations first enforce MFA, most platforms allow users to enroll their first MFA device at the next login. This is often the workflow chosen by organizations to roll out MFA in Azure Active Directory and other platforms default configurations. There are no additional enforcements on the MFA enrollment process. In other words, Anyone with knowledge of uh, the user's name and password can access the account from any location and any device to enroll in MFA. Not good. 
for those of you who are IT admins who are advocating for MFA, advocating for Microsoft and Azure Active Directory, it could be a scary time. Fortunately, that time is very short. Um, there is a solution, but let me get some more into this details. Uh, Mediant, which is the first to highlight this, uh, showed that through a list of mailboxes whose sources is yet to be established, conducted a password guessing attack. They managed to gain access to an account that was already set up but dormant. In turn, they were prompted by Azure Active Directory to roll an MFA, which granted the attackers full access uh, to the account where they were able to establish the organization's VPN infrastructure that was using Azure AD for authentication and MFA. So uh, without any backup devices or some other uh, bare case to entry, they were able to establish uh, remotely the parameters on which to authenticate a device. Now, like I said, fortunately there's a solution. Microsoft has announced they were introducing MFA push notifications with number matching to mitigate the issue. Uh, Madian is also recommending that organizations should ensure that all Active Directory uh, have more than one MFA device enrolled. So maybe a personal device and a work device, uh, maybe a laptop, maybe a tablet, something of that nature to kind of uh, give backup options in case someone does get access, you can get back in there and reestablish uh, authority and kind of lock them out, uh, ideally. For instance, the recently launched feature in Microsoft Azure AD allows organizations to enforce controls around specific actions, such as MFA device enrollment. Furthermore, using conditional access organizations can control the registration of MFA devices to areas they consider safe, and lastly, request for MFA before initiating enrollment process. So again, geolocation tagging, so they can mark the office is a safe space to uh, use MFA and maybe your home versus allowing someone you know who works in New York and a hacker who lives in San Diego to take control of the device. Now, those are the big headlines. Uh, again, not uh, withstanding the Gamescom information. We're going to go jump through the week and see what happened. Uh, what else happened on Monday? It looks like we might finally have a title for this big update that's supposed to be coming in September for the rest of you people who are Windows Insiders who are going to gain a bunch of new uh, life improvement features for Windows. Microsoft is coming out with, drum roll, brrr, Windows 2022 update. Yeah, sort of like anticlimactic. Uh, it's a very boring name, but uh, as rumored, Microsoft is supposed to be releasing this update for Windows uh, 11, which is going to bring, uh, I mean, the second half of the update, which brings, again, new taskbar, new file explorer UI, uh, new widget uh, functionality, new folders in the uh, start menu and start menu customizations, um, some new volume rockers and some other uh, UI. I think uh, task manager gets a new uh, facelift, settings get some new additional uh, key features. All that's supposed to be coming on September 20th, according to our buddy Zach Bowden over at Windows Central. So, title of that, Windows 2022 update. Uh, uh. On Tuesday, though, we got some news about how much Microsoft paid to get a cooking simulator onto the platform. According to a report from Game Industry, uh, which we also reported on, Microsoft spent $600,000 uh, for Big Cheese Studio to bring the Quick Simulator to Xbox Game Pass. As spotted by Twisted Voxel, the platform made a one-off payment to establish or to publish the title on, its, on the subscription service. 
the figures was reportedly equal to 22% of the developer's net profit for the last fiscal year. The filing goes on to say the Game Pass agreement will significantly affect the company's revenues. I'm assuming in a positive way. Otherwise, this would have happened. Cooking Simulator was added to Xbox Game Pass this month as part of the platform's regular rotation of games. It originally launched in June 2019, and Big G Studio claimed it has sold over 700,000 copies of the game to date. And I don't know, maybe the Game Pass uh, promotion is helping. Uh, Phil Spencer has gone on to interview with The Verge and explain, you know, or at least shed a little bit of light on how these deals are being made. And to sum it up, it's a mess in a good way. Uh, it seems that uh, they make deals based on each individual developer's uh, needs, wants, and what they can offer the Game Pass at the time. So instead of having a flat offer, which is, you know, 30% of everything or something like that, like we've seen from other uh, game platforms, it seems like, quote, from this is from Phil Spencer himself, our deals are, I'll say, all over the place. That sounds unmanaged, but it's really based on the developer's needs. In certain cases, we'll pay for the full protection of the cost of a game. Then we'll get all the retail opportunity on top of Game Pass. Then we can go sell it on, and then they, the developer, can go sell it on PlayStation, on Steam, or on Xbox if they choose to, and on Switch. Sometimes developers are more done with the game, and it's you know more of a transaction. It's sort of like a, hey, we'll put it on Game Pass if you pay us this amount of money, which I think, you know, I'd say about 70% of the games that are in Game Pass are of that nature because they tend to be older. But for games that are coming out, and this is great news for developers because they can at least negotiate on a game on a per game basis with uh, Game Pass to get the best deal possible versus just a flat one, uh, which doesn't normally scale. And we're starting to see uh, run into issues as platforms become bigger. The other news uh, on Tuesday was that uh, enhanced connectivity at the workplace, Microsoft's Viva Engage, is now widely available. Uh, we had mentioned about last month when Inspire was going on that Microsoft uh, was previewing uh, Viva and its new Engage model. Uh, as of Tuesday, uh, the app is now widely available. For those of you who don't know what Viva is, it is an enhanced version of the Yammer communi uh, Communities app that unpacks new capabilities as well as the experience designed to make work more seamless. Because that's all what we want to do is work, work, work. <laughs> uh, it allows employees to interact better, better develop relationships, establish connections, share ideas, uh, and at the same time, provide an opportunity for people to learn from each other within Microsoft Teams. Uh, for those of you who are still trying to get a picture for this uh, and who are just listening, imagine seeing a mashup of Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, it's, you know, there's sidebars, there's big uh, title cards, and, uh, you know, one-third images on the screen. It seems like a mishmash of uh, like I said, LinkedIn and uh, Facebook, and I, I'm assuming by the title description because I've never used it, it's of the same nature. Kind of keeps communi uh, communications fun and eventful. Uh, the other news, or, or I guess moving on to Wednesday, that those are kind of the big titles from Tuesday. Moving on to Wednesday, Microsoft refreshes Teams for Education uh, with some new features just before the school year. Uh, amongst the biggest ones was Reflect, uh, which is, I believe, a way for teachers and educators to add, um, I guess, these new emojis, which are which will allow them to help gauge a student's overall affect. You know, see if they are excited, if they're nervous, if they're anxious, if they're worried. Uh, they, these can be applied per project. So, uh, I'll have kind of going across the screen, uh, what this means. But for those of you listening, 
uh, you can go into your, I believe, your OneNote uh, class book, class notebooks uh, that are tied into Teams and apply these emojis, which are basically like the like functions in Facebook where you can have a heart, you can have a hug, you can have cry, you can have anger, all those kind of things. There are other emojis uh, that will display anger, anxiousness, frustration, some other uh, emojis, and you can apply those to each project. So say you assign the reading of the Iliad and you want to know how the class is doing with that, um, you can add those emojis to the bottom and the students can fill those out. They can also be anonymously applied so that you know, they won't be picked on or bullied by their uh, classmates for their responses, which is great because nobody should be advocating bullying. Uh, so that's one of the uh, things that came out for um, teachers in education. There's a full blog post. I recommend that you guys go read uh, our write-up, or you can go you know, through our write-up, go straight to the blog post for more uh, information and details, especially if you are an educator or a student getting ready to use this or started using it, I think, maybe a week or two ago when school started for some people. Uh, the other thing on Wednesday was that Microsoft released a slew of Windows 11 Insider updates. So despite only going to be rolling out, you know, once every three years, a big update, the Insider program is still, at least as we can tell, moving ahead full steam. Microsoft released build 25188, uh, which is the latest Windows Insider build for the dev channel. Uh, it didn't bring a ton of new features, but uh, a listed among the things that were fixed or addressed was that .NET uh, Framework 3.5 uh, from the Windows uh, feature dialog will not work in this build. Uh, if you had to enable it prior to upgrading, it may become disabled, so just be on the lookout for that. This uh, will probably lead to issues with the apps that rely on those components. Uh, for things that are working, the Microsoft Store app will now start to show Microsoft Store ads. Uh, this is you know, another way that Microsoft's getting into ads, but it's also something that's good for developers. Uh, and hopefully we'll encourage them to put more of their apps uh, into the Microsoft Store. We mentioned this about two months ago that they are trying to get developers a way to showcase and get their app in front of more people. Uh, and they're going to be leveraging the Microsoft Ads uh, platform, which is used for the web, uh, for the Microsoft Store and allow people to pay and, you know, put up images that they want, screenshots and videos, uh, and get, them, get themselves in front of people right at the beginning. So uh, they're start, starting to use that as of now. The other thing that came uh, with that build was uh, uh, a new touch keyboard setting, uh, sets for Windows Terminal that will make the default terminal, uh, and a bunch of other fixes and things like that. Uh, and then we got a build for the beta channel, which is divided into two groups. Uh, and 22621.856 will, uh, will have some of the new features turned off by default while 22622.586 may or may not include new features. So again, for some weird reason, they're A-B testing the beta channel. Uh, it's a head scratcher for myself as well. Uh, included in Windows 11 Insider for Beta, uh, both the .586 uh, builds are a set of fixes. Uh, and then for 2622, Another set of fixes. Um, you can go read the blog post for those fixes if you are so inclined. If you're on the beta channel testing one or the other version of those, good luck. Then we're moving on to Thursday, which uh, news came about Xbox consoles are changing the way that uh, free video games are listed. Uh, and this is a good thing because they're not only changing it, but they're adding to it. 
So again, they're not just moving it from one spot to the other, they're leaving it in one spot and adding it to another. Xbox engineer lead uh, Eden Marie recently revealed that on Twitter that the way the Xbox console will be handling titles currently in the Xbox Free Play Day promotions uh, would be changing. In addition to showing up with the Xbox Live Gold screen, which is where they currently displayed, Free Play Day games will also show up in the user's library within the games with gold category, which is great for me because I feel like I miss a lot of opportunities, or at least hours of gameplay because I you know, uh, don't see it on that front page fast enough or soon enough and didn't realize that it's been sitting there. Now, uh, unfortunately, this is only being tested. So um, those of you who are in the alpha and alpha skip ahead rings will start to see this appear um, in your library if you want to go check for it. Uh, which, you know, because this is the Xbox, things that tend to show up in those rings tend to make it eventually into production, unlike Windows, where you get stuff like sets, and then it disappears and becomes something else years later. Uh, so hopefully within the next few months, we'll be seeing this uh, edition roll out. And uh, again, with the deals that they're making for Game Pass, I expect to see even more uh, games show up in that area, more games that you want to play, and not just games that are left over from the Xbox 360. Uh, the other thing that happened um, on Thursday was that Google Play Games for PC is now in open beta in five regions. Fortunately, not, I don't believe any of them in the U.S., but if you happen to live in South Korea, Hong Kong, Thai, uh, Taiwan, Thailand, and Australia, it's good news. Um, it's also good news just in general, uh, I think, for the platform because this is Google officially offering a way to play their uh, Android games on there. Now, again... We do have the window or the Android for Windows sub, uh, subsystem on there, and you can download that. Uh, it you know runs through Amazon, and I've tried. It sits on my system, taking up about almost four gigs, and the games aren't that great. So if you want the full library, or at least the fifty or so most played games on the Android uh, Play Store, Google Play Store. This is probably going to be your best bet to get them. Google Play, uh, Play Games for PC is pretty much what it sounds like. A program that allows Windows users to play Android games on their computers. The newly updated minimum specs for the app are as follows. So bear with me. Windows 10 version uh, 2004 or newer, a quad-core CPU, Intel UHD graphics, 630 GPU or comparable, 8 gigabytes of RAM, I don't know why you need so much, and 10 gigabytes of SSD storage. Again, this is probably just so that it runs smoothly. The app supports over 50 games currently, uh, according to Google's blog post. Uh, in the last few months, uh, they and this is their blog post, in the last few months, we have more than doubled our Google Play games catalog to 50-plus titles, which can be played on Windows PCs via a standalone application built by Google. Our categories include many of the most popular games in the world, including Summoner's War, Cookie Run, Kingdom, uh, Kingdom Last Fortress Underground, and Top War. Together, these games are played by hundreds of millions of players globally. It could be worth investing in. Uh, it's nice that they're going to do this. Hopefully it reaches the U.S. or North America shores pretty soon. I would also like to see like Marvel Strike Force, which is a game I play constantly, and none of these other weird games that they're listing show up. But again, that was Thursday. Uh, on Friday, we have Microsoft that drops this uh, Kazala. I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly. For those of you who know how to pronounce it, please let me know. Uh, it was a group messaging service that they started in 2017 as a garage project incubation uh, effort. Uh, and then in 2018, it became a full-fledged thing um, and started getting 
people using it. Uh, it's basically for front of line, uh, what are they called? Frontline workers uh, as their communications effort. But uh, it seems as of today, they will be shutting it down, uh, not allowing new people in. Uh, I think it's, it's according to Microsoft notes. Uh, many Kazali users have Office 365 or 365 licenses and haven't fully enabled them. Microsoft is positioning the discontinuation of Kazala as an opportunity for our partners to move Kazala's users to drumroll Teams. You will now be able to uh, make use of Teams, uh, an, expo an exploratory license available to Azure Active Directory AAD customers of Kazala. So they can now check out Teams for free for a year. So this transition will be free for those of you who need to uh, move it over for a year. Uh, like I said, it was a communication effort. Uh, that was started back in 2017 as a productivity tool. It mainly was for the Indian market, but I think they expanded it everywhere or as many places as they could. But now it looks like they're just replacing it with Teams. Uh, and it, like I said, it makes sense. I am saddened for the developers and the engineers and anybody who's invested money into this platform because it always sucks to have the rug pulled out from underneath you. But I am happy that Microsoft is at least consolidating and simplifying uh, the messaging platforms. Unlike some other people I know, uh, teams seems to be taking over everything. They had promised that, uh, I believe at some point in 2019, that they would be getting some features from Kazala. Kizala, uh, I don't know if that ever came through. I think they actually postponed that. So maybe in the future, if you have uh, you know, uh, a feature that you really needed or made use of, you can put in the feedback and they will get it back on the Teams platform. Um, and some more details, just so we know where everyone stands on this and that you aren't left out in the dust. On August 26th, Microsoft officially told partners that they are planning to retire as of August 31st. I just want to make sure everyone had that deadline because that is next week. Um, so like I said, from next week until the following year, you will be transitioned to Teams for free. That was the news for the week. We have some gaming roundup news. Uh, Microsoft uh, had a big showing at uh, Gamescom. Uh, 2022 with over 50 new games coming to the Xbox platform. I'd recommend you going to uh, Xbox or is it YouTube backslash Xbox or whatnot to see all of the trailers, the highlights, some of the interviews. They have tons of interviews from developers, uh, game players and whatnot uh, about all the new games. Uh, there are some things on there. I believe that's the new Pac-Man platformer that I'm interested in. Uh, Gotham Knights. Uh, I'm always interested in the Gotham game. I mentioned, I think, months ago that Microsoft should buy the Warner Brothers gaming division if they can, if you know HBO is ready to give it up or discover whatever, who has it now. Because just like Insomnia makes Marvel games for Sony, Microsoft could get Warner Brothers to make DC games and maybe compete in that, that avenue. Who knows? But go check out uh, their YouTube channel for all of the games. Like I said, there are roughly 50 or so coming. Uh, there's Some of them are new titles as well, which should be nice. The other thing that happened in Microsoft Gaming News is that Microsoft was able to have a one-upsman moment with Sony. I know that they've been trying to do it with Game Pass, and they've been arguably succeeding, but this moment was when Sony announced that they would be increasing the price of their PlayStation 5 consoles in several regions outside of the U.S., uh, and I believe it was yesterday they made news of this. Um, they will be raising the prices in areas that uh, include Australia and New Zealand, um, I don't know if they've narrowed down anything else, but I presume maybe Europe, uh, some places in Europe as well. And they'd be raising the price difference by about 100 bucks. Microsoft immediately came out and was like, hey, 
we're not raising ours anytime soon. So please go get it at a retail price of twenty uh two ninety nine for the S and four ninety nine for the X. If you can get them is the big if because they are still in limited supply, just like Sony's. Sony is basically uh you know filling the trade winds of manufacturing. I'm not sure how Microsoft is doing this. If I had to guess, they are subsidizing um this effort to keep prices the same, even though they are crunched for the same specs and hardware, by what they're getting from Xbox Game Pass, uh, what they're getting from uh, you know signups for XCloud and whatnot. Uh, this is something Sony hasn't been able to quite set up just yet because their effort, uh, the re-effort, because I know they came out early on with it, uh, the re-effort to get into cloud gaming is still nascent. So. I'm assuming at some point maybe they will be fortunate enough to do the same because at the end of the day, it's all for gaming. We're all here to have fun and, and not pay up the nose for this. So, um, But yeah, Microsoft was able to kind of harken back to the moment that Sony was able to kind of dunk on them when they said, hey, we have ways to share games that don't require DRM and our console isn't $100 more and it doesn't come with a Kinect and all of the other things that made, uh, that helped Sony sell almost two times as many consoles as the Xbox. That's the news for the week. I am glad you hung out with me. I'm hoping you guys are going to have a great weekend after this. If you have any more comments or questions on how I can make this podcast better for you, please let me know in the comments uh, of this video or head, up, head over to whatever uh, platform you get your podcast on, and I'll try and keep up to date with those. Uh, again, I'm Kareem. You're you. Have a great weekend. Thank you.